You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 65, an interview with Ken Ray of macOS Ken fame. Tech fan number 65, my name is Tim Robertson, usually joined by David Cohen. Unfortunately, uh, two things happened. A, a scheduling conflict, so David and I couldn't record at the same time this week. And B, uh, the segment that he did record and sent me the completed whole episode, including the interview that you're going to hear here in a little bit on uh, this episode that I did with Ken Ray, uh, was corrupt. Not that David was taking money illegally or something from a politician or something, but uh, the file itself was corrupt. Uh, I could hear it in preview mode. So in other words, if you select a file in your finder on your Mac OS and you hit the space bar, you get that preview. Now, if it's a picture, it shows you the picture. If it's an audio file, it will show you, um, well, it will play the audio file. And I could hear it just fine in preview. But if I opened up the same file in iTunes or QuickTime, it simply didn't play at all. So I, I tried duplicating it. I tried bringing it into iTunes and converting it. Nothing worked. So instead of waiting another 24 hours for David to, I don't know, re-export the file or whatever he would do on his end, I thought, you know what? Um, we've waited long enough for TechFan65, plus I'm busy the rest of the week right up through Friday. So I thought I would just record... Uh, a little bit here, a, a small first segment, then I'll drop in the interview with Ken Ray and then finish off the show. So that's what we're going to do. This interview with Ken Ray was conducted, oh, I'm going to say the beginning of the week, uh, last Monday, I believe. Might have been, yeah, last Monday. And it was for, originally, Ken Ray interviewed me to talk about Macworld Expo. And... Uh, I believe that hasn't shown up on his site yet. I don't think uh, macOS Ken has run Ken Ray has run that interview that he did with me. I know he talked with a few other people and he was going to assemble this big show, but I don't think it's out yet. He hasn't let me know. Uh, I've been kind of keeping an eye out for it and I haven't seen it. And uh, once I do, I'll post something up on uh, Twitter or Facebook. Let you guys know that that's out there. You can hear me just bad mouthing MacWorld. No, that's not what I did. But I was kind of the, you know, not necessarily the contrarian, but you guys heard last week my opinions of the Macworld Expo, so just listen to that show, and you can hear some, and then listen to Ken's show, and you can hear the rest. Uh, but we started talking a little bit after the fact, and I thought, hey, you know what, this would, this is really kind of interesting, so we recorded an additional 20 minutes um, for TechFan, and uh, like I said, I'll drop that in here in a second. One of the things I did get at Macworld Expo, you get these, if you're a speaker at the Macworld Expo, they give you these bags. And for the most part, everything in the bag this year was like, yeah, okay, thanks. I'm not going to say it was junk. It's, it wasn't junk. It's just most of it didn't interest me personally. That doesn't mean it's not good stuff. It's just of limited interest to me. But one of the things that was very interesting was a copy of Parallels Desktop 7 
for Mac. I haven't, I haven't uh, installed it yet, but I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Now, I, there, there's two camps, of course. There's those who like Parallels, and I've got nothing wrong with Parallels. And uh, what's the other one? Why am I drawing a blank on it now? It's not Parallels. It's uh, 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 VMware Fusion. I have VMware Fusion already installed with Windows 7 Ultimate. And works fine. Yeah, I can't really play high-end games like Grand Theft Auto or anything with it. But, you know, if I want to boot up a Windows and... God, I don't know what the heck I would do with Windows, but it's there if I need it. The question is, if I already got that, is it really worth installing Parallels Desktop 7? Is it that much better? Kind of curious what you guys think. Let me know. Should I... Look, it's not going to cost me anything, so, you know, that's always... That's always, oh, wait, the second import. Follow the instructions to get Windows up and running on your Mac here, if you blah, 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 blah. Uh, use one that you already have installed from a boot camp. From a, import Windows from a previous version of Parallels Desktop or other virtualization software. Huh, so see, now that's different. I thought I was going to have to install another, yet another copy of Windows 7 with Parallels Desktop, but according to page six of their manual, I can actually import my already virtualized Windows 7 installation. So I think I'm going to do that, give it a try. But I'm still kind of curious what you guys think. Is Which one's better? I don't know. I don't use Windows enough to, uh, to say, yeah, definitely go with this, or yeah, definitely go with that. I don't know. So let me know. Send me feedback. Tim at MyMac.com. Send me feedback on Twitter. It's at MyMac. And, uh, of course, I'm on Facebook and Google+. And if you add me on Google+, I will add you back. That's just the kind of guy I am. I don't go on it very often, to be honest. But uh, a couple of the other podcasters in the Stoplight Network, uh, Scott Wilsey. Uh, I think John Nemo said he can't make it. Uh, Sam Levin, a couple of those guys, said that uh, they wanted to get together, I believe, Wednesday on Google Plus to have a start one of those hangouts. Now I've done a hangout on Google Plus twice, and one of them I wasn't actually involved with. It was already running, and that was at Allison Sheraton's MacWorld Expo party. She had um, she had Google Plus running on a computer, and there was I don't know eight or nine people there. One of them, Mark Greentree from uh, Not Another Mac Podcast. That was kind of cool to see Mark. And uh, I chatted on there a little bit on the little MacBook Air that they had sitting up, sitting there with uh, Google Plus running. And I thought it was kind of neat. It's something that uh, I wouldn't mind doing occasionally. But more to the point, would it be worth doing while we're recording Tech Fan? That could be kind of cool. Get some participation from people uh, on Google Plus, some listeners, and have them right here on the show. Don't know if they could hear David though, because David and I are chatting via Skype. But I suppose instead of chatting via Skype, we could try Google Plus and see what the audio quality is. And if it's good enough, I can just record the audio on Google Plus and um, get some of you guys involved in the show. Speaking of getting involved in the show next week, I'm hoping to have Owen Rubin. Now, Owen's been on the show before, as any longtime listeners of either Tech Fan, the MyMac Podcast, or OWC Radio. 
I had had Owen on every single one of those shows number of times. And I love talking to Owen, but we've got something new to talk about this time. He is part of a brand new uh, iOS games application creating creator. I don't know how you're going to say this. Uh, a company that's making iOS games. And it's focused on reimagining or creating new games like they did way back in the Atari days. Because, see, Owen was uh, the creator of Magic ha- or Major Havoc and uh, Space Duel uh, for the Atari 26... No, I'm sorry. He did the arcade machines. I don't think Owen worked on the Atari 2600. Um, but him and a bunch of other guys, classic Atari guys... Uh, joined this company called Innovative Leisure, and that's being uh, run by uh, Seamus Blackley, who is the co-creator of the Xbox. So it's like these really cool video game makers from back in the day, and not so far back in the day. I mean, yeah, he's the creator of the Xbox, but that was like 98, 99, came out in 2000 or so. So that's that's not going too far back, but I guess that is 12 years ago. But him and these Atari guys and I mean it's it's the guys who made Missile Command and Asteroids and Centipede and just really really cool Shooting Gallery um, Black Widow they made some really cool games so I'm looking forward to having Owen on the show and to explain to me what Innovative Leisure is and what we can expect and uh, you know bribe him to bring in some of his other guys for a future show as well because i'm i'm always really well i i guess you'd say in a um, i don't want to say jealous i'm not jealous i would i wish i was a part of one of these startups if i was a developer but i'm not a developer i don't have those skills um although maybe i do have the skills i just never tried but regardless i can't do it so i'm always a little jealous of those guys who can and I wish that uh, I could be in a company at the very beginning of an industry. And let's be honest, the iOS is still uh, a very small industry as far as history is concerned. It's, it's very short. It hasn't been around very long, four years. And history is being written every day. And when these veteran video game guys get together, forms a company, and comes out with new products... That piques my interest, and I hope it does you too, because Owen's going to be on the show to talk about it, hopefully uh, this coming week. He said Friday, but, you know, things change. So look for that Friday. David won't be on the next show either. He's, once again, I believe, going to Botswana uh, on the uh, African continent. And uh, I'm not. (laughs) He couldn't pay me enough. No, I'd go there. What the heck, right? See something different. So with that, I'm going to uh, go to a commercial. When we come back, it's going to be me and Ken Ray, again, from macOS Ken. Make sure you listen to macOS Ken, by the way. It's really good. I really like that podcast. Uh, Ken's a uh, very smart guy. I like his his voice. He's very down-to-earth. He's not one of these condescending or snarky guys. Um, Definitely worth you checking out. So... With that, um, let's listen to an ad and then Ken Ray. Scott, can you fix me up? Um, that might be easier said than done, but okay, who with? With John Nemo. Uh, yeah, Nemo's already married and has a grown daughter? No. 
I mean fix me up with a set of headphones so I can listen to Nemo's all-new App Minute podcast. And I'm joined by Ken Ray. Uh, hey, Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Tim. How are you? I'm well. For our listeners who are unfamiliar with you, who the hell are you? Yeah, right. <laughs> Every morning when I wake up. Um, I do an Apple News and news-related Apple News podcast called Mac OS Can. It goes off five days a week. And then I've got a um, call-in show that I do. Uh, every Wednesday night called Mac OS Can Live, and I've also got a column in the Mac Observer. You, so. you are a machine, Ken. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's right. A single-purpose machine. That's right. So we saw each other uh, this year at the Macworld Expo, as we have the last few expos. Mm-hmm. And I was on your podcast recently, and I mentioned that you're old-school Mac, and you told me afterwards, actually, you weren't old-school Mac, which obviously was my mistake, but... In my defense, you just seem like an old-school Mac guy because I've seen you so many times at the Macworld Expo that, yeah. you know, after a while, those shows kind of blend together, I suppose. And so maybe in my mind, I was picturing you way back in the past when I used to go on smoke breaks with Sean King in front of Moscone South, and I just, I just inserted you there in my memory. Well, no, what's interesting, though, is I think you said on my show that you've been to the, like, seven Macworlds, and this was my seventh. Most people that I've been talking to couldn't actually tell me how many they've been to. Like, Chuck Joyner says that he went to actually every one when they were New York, Boston, you know, um, and San Francisco. So I, I was always I, San Francisco. Yeah, I, I was always San Francisco as well. They, I don't know. I I skipped a lot of years. My first one, and it's still... Maybe with the exception of 2007, but I don't think so. My favorite one was 2000, when we first got to see Mac OS X, mm-hmm. um, a true Steve Jobs keynote. It was amazing. And beyond that, we Apple was in really bad shape then, if you remember. Yeah. Looking. Yeah, it, it was just terrible. And there was this core group of Mac writers. It was called the Mac Web. That we all got together. And had this party. We had Robert X. Kringley from PBS and Triumph of the Nerds fame mm-hmm. come in and talk for an hour. And it was just an amazing event. It was just so fantastic. And I look at the pictures from that event, and it was just kind of magical to me. So, See, what, yeah. but What's weird is, I, I mean, I, I felt a little bit in the early days of um, podcasting, I guess, I felt a little bit like, either Zelig or Forrest Gump, you know, I would just end up in these really cool places, um, whether I should have been or not. Like I, I, because I was working with, um, inside Mac, I was working with Scott Shepard at inside Mac and I was living in San Francisco. I mean, I got to be at things like, um, I was at the announcement that Steve jobs made about switching over to Intel. Wow. For the Mac. I mean, yeah, right? That's totally neat. Absolutely. I was, at, I was at the Worldwide Developers Conference in 2005 when they announced that podcasts were coming to iTunes, which, of course, you know, made podcasting for a lot of people. I was, at the, uh, event where they, I was at the event where they announced the video iPod. And on the one hand, it feels kind of, you know, crappy since I was actually going home then and using a gateway. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, I remember the very first time I got turned on by a computer was by a Macintosh. And I think... 85, a friend of mine from uh, high school got a Mac. And it was neat to be able to sit down at the Mac and... I'm going to shoot my dog. I'm going to shoot my dog. <laughs> we love dogs here. Don't shoot them. <sighs> World really exclusive. Able... Ken Ray shoots his dog. I'm not going to shoot my no. dog. I love my dog. He's the best. Um, 
it was really neat to be able to sit down to a computer and not have to go through any you know lines of code or any prompts or anything like that, but turn it on and start drawing. Because at the time I thought I wanted to be an artist, and there was Mac Paint, and it was and just it was neat amazing. To be able to sit down and start doing that, right? Yeah. And then a couple of years later, um, I actually did the newsletter <laughs> round two. Newsletter. <laughs> yep. I have I to did. know what is that? What is he ringing that a bell? Is actually, yeah, that's actually his indication that he wants to go outside. Uh. I would, I would say needs to go outside, but I know he doesn't <laughs> because he was just outside. I think what it's hilarious. Is, what he wants is attention. So yeah, I've trained my dog to do that. It's it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> um, in high school, I actually took over uh, editing my youth group's newspaper, and I was doing that on another friend's Macintosh. So Macs were always the thing. He's killing you, isn't he? <laughs> He's killing me. He's killing your show. I'm, That's okay. It's Tech it. Fan. We have fun with it. All right. All right. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> I've also got a ring girl that comes out and holds up a card every time he does that. It's really <laughs> kind of exciting. Um, so that was what turned me on about it. But then I was, you know, in a – I don't want to say we were poor because we weren't. But I was I was in a uh, in a household that either – couldn't afford a computer or didn't see the need for one. I don't know which one it would be. When I finally, when I left the house and my little brother was growing older, my stepfather decided to go ahead and get him a computer, well, and that's cool. Well, that's but, just because he loved him more. You, you well, didn't realize that. He <laughs> so many nerves right this second. It's insane. But don't worry about that. The thing is, what he decided, though, was he needed the big IBM compatible because, well, it's business and it's serious and blah, blah, blah. And that computer sat there and gathered dust. Every Christmas when I would go home, people would have forgotten how to do more stuff on it <laughs> because there was nothing about it that was really you know intriguing or that really grabbed anybody. So, yeah, they weren't approachable. No, not at all. And, and especially if there was nobody in the house who knew about them, right? And there was nobody in the house who knew about that thing. So it was – in my heart, I'm old school Mac. But I didn't start – I mean I didn't, I didn't start using the Mac exclusively until probably 2005. It was always the one that I gravitated to. In, in past life, I was at um, – I worked for AOL in, in some really low-level capacity and got to go to their corporate offices and wanted to check my email. And in the front hall or in the, uh, in the vestibule or whatever of, of the place, um, there, there were a bunch of PCs on which you could check your email. And there were three Macs on which you could check your email. And it would, they were the new sort of – I think they were the lampshade iMacs. I'm yeah. not sure which ones they were. I think so. Um, I don't remember because it was just – I mean it was seriously just a computer in the lobby. But while everybody else with me went over to the PCs, I went over to the Mac because even though I hadn't used one probably in five or six years at that point, um, there it was, you know, and it was still just as accessible. And my friends, you were like, well, I don't understand Macs. I don't know how to use them. I'm like, idiot, you're checking email. (laughs) It doesn't really make a difference. It's the same thing. Exactly. But then you get the feel for, you know, a completely different operating system, a completely different way to do stuff. And even though you're doing the exact same thing, I mean, there's something about it that's just more approachable and just much more friendly. Do you think that's true for today? I mean, Windows 7 has come a long way. You know, I don't want to say because I haven't used Windows 7. I mean, I'm now, I'm so... Firmly entrenched. Yeah, I'm so steeped in this. I mean, that it's... I don't know what Windows 7 would be able to do that would draw me away. I do know that when we're talking Windows 95, we're talking, you know, Windows ME, we're talking Windows Vista. Um, I enjoyed turning on my computer. When Windows Vista came out, I had a friend who kept telling me, you're not going to like your Mac anymore because Vista is so much better. Vista is great. 
takes me over to his house and he shows me all this stuff on Vista that we're pretty much already doing on the Mac. But then what was really cool was the next time I went to his house, all those cool features weren't showing up. <laughs> and I said, what happened to this? Ah, I was still on my computer down too much. What yeah. happened to this thing? Ah, it, was, it, was, uh, it was using too much. Uh, you know, Vista was the first OS that Mac <laughs> users actually looked at and was like, that's eh, not bad, I guess. It, yeah, it, no, it, it, because they keep making it more and more Mac-like. Right. And I'll be curious to see, you know, how things go with Windows 8. And I'll, you know, I'll even try to see if I can get someplace, uh, you know, to, to see it. The only problem is, I mean, my fiance is, is on the Mac. I'm on the Mac. I don't imagine her office is going to jump straight to, you know, the next. I don't even think they're on uh, Windows 7. No, businesses so, take a long time to adopt. But Windows, who would have ever thought? Looking into you know 2013 2012, that Microsoft, other than Apple, would be the company that's probably innovating more in operating systems than anyone else. If you look at Google and what they're doing with Android, it's like meh. Yeah. Um, it, but at least Windows is trying to go in different directions. Even their phones, they're not iPhone-like. It's its own thing, and I have to respect that they're trying at least trying something different. They're they're not just Pulling out the Xerox machines and slapping an iPhone on top of it. So let me ask you a question then. Is the fight going to come back to no. Apple versus Microsoft? Is no. the fight going to be Apple versus Google? Or yes. is it going to be a three-way bout? I don't think it's a fight to begin with. Um, I know everyone likes to kind of frame it that way. It's yep. a purchasing decision. Um, yep. and it's Well, it's a fight for your dollars, though. Well, yeah, but I think everybody who bought an Android device while they were at, oh, uh, uh, I want to say the wrong company, uh, Verizon, Mm -hmm. bought it because the iPhone wasn't there. And if you look at the last quarter, what was it, 60% of all phones sold at Verizon was an iPhone. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it's all those people that had the Android devices from two years ago finally got out of their contract, and they're like, we can finally get an iPhone now. Uh, I don't think... Verizon saw a huge upswing in new customers. It's existing customers that got out of their contract, renewed the contract, but got an iPhone this time. So I think that's kind of telling. As far as what the battle is going to be, I don't think Microsoft's in it. I think it's just too late. Same thing with BlackBerry. It's just too late. They've got the stink of loser on them now. Yeah. And and they're not going to get rid of that. I don't care how many CEOs they fire. <laughs> RIM's got a whole other thing going yeah, on. Yeah, they do. But they're I mean, the they, only ones that really could have competed in that they own the hardware and they own the software. And I thought, I really did think, and if you'd asked me a year ago, I'd have said, absolutely. I thought HP was going to become the big competitor to Apple because they own the hardware and they own the operating system. And yeah. they own the distribution channel. And they're coming they com- in hot, dude. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, was, I was so there. I, I actually, I think it was about April of last year that I was yeah. like, they, they, when they announced that they were going to put a layer of WebOS on everything, then I was, I was both intrigued and honestly excited because it felt like, okay, everybody else keeps trying to sort of build an ecosystem overnight. If HP can lay an ecosystem over everything that's already out there and over everything that's coming out – then they actually, you know, they stand a chance of competing against the ecosystem that's been created by Apple. And uh, God bless Leo Apotheker, man. <laughs> We're just blowing the whole you, thing you, up. And he still got his golden parachute when he left the company. Unbelievable. Crazy, right? It Crazy. is. It's, well, yeah. I, you know, I did a, uh, a review of the HP Touchpad, and I basically said it's not bad, but no one's going to buy this over the iPad. And it was like a week and a half later where they canceled it, so... 
the running joke at my Mac was that it was my fault. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that everybody said, oh, well, this proves that there actually could be competition for the iPad. And it's like, well, sure, if you sell it for 99 bucks. That's going to be the interesting thing to watch with the Amazon Kindle Fire. And I know we're starting to hear now that demand for them is falling off a little bit, that people are enjoying just media and nothing else. Do you have one? No. I do. No, I have, I have a friend who asks. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Well, I, I won't tell you about my friend then. What's your thought? Uh, I like it. I like it as an ebook reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's simply – I like the form factor at that 7-inch mm-hmm. when I'm laying in bed. Wow, that comes out wrong, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Much better than the iPad. The iPad's just too big to comfortably have sitting on your chest or wherever while you're reading in bed. It's just too top heavy, and you really you do have to hold it up. With the Kindle Fire, it's it's the smallness isn't a bad thing when it comes to reading. The text is about the same size on the screen as it is on an iPad at the default setting. So I actually I like the the touchpad. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> look at that touchpad. I was looking at the touchpad when I said that because I actually do have a touchpad. I do like the Kindle Fire. It's uh, let me put it this way: my kids will ask first to play with the iPad, and I'll say no because they'll drain the battery, and then I won't be able to play with it later. Right. Um, and then in order of this is the next thing I want to play with, they'll say, "Can I play the Kindle Fire?" And I usually will say yes. After that, they go to the older iPhones that are nothing but glorified iPod touches now. And finally, the last thing they'll ask to play with, if the answer is no for everything else, is the HP touchpad. So, you know, that, and that's between, I've got 17-year-old daughters and they don't care at all. Um, but I'm talking about my 8-year-old daughter and my 4-year-old son. Gotcha. And I take that for what it's worth, but they want to play with the iPad first, the Fire second, Older iPhones third, and then the HP Touchpad last. So I don't, I don't know what that see, means. It'll be interesting to see what they think of the Windows tablet that it sounds like you're going to eventually have too. I will. I'm a you know, well, you know, this is called tech fan, so obviously I'm a fan of technology. <laughs> right. But you know, there's a lot of neat things coming out. I'd like to check out that new uh, PlayStation Portable, but at two fifty, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think yeah. that that market is Apple now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. It's, it's hard to imagine buying something that's even primarily one thing. You know what I mean? Like, like buying a buying even if even if a game device can also surf the web, or even if a game device can also do something else, it's hard to imagine buying something at this point that is primarily A and subsequently B, unless it's going to be an e-reader. I mean, otherwise, well, that was then, the, that I'm was my debate. It. That was my debate because I I am a reader, and I thought about you know the plain Jane Kindles. But then I thought, you know, if I'm going to buy one, why don't I just get the fire? That way I can check out some of the Android apps that I can run on it as well. So it's kind of a twofer, if you will. So that's why I went that route. But I totally agree with you. The, the single product category really is going away. I mean, what was that? Uh, flip, you know, yeah. two years ago, flip was a big name. They're, they're dead. They're gone. Right. Uh, well, that, so, that again, that was—I mean, that that again was sort of like some of the same sort of business. I, I think the flip probably had a little bit more life in it. And, I don't I think know. Cisco, I think Cisco was in a hurry to either make it in consumer electronics or get out. I mean, they've they've actually started and killed a few products over the past few uh, past few years, including the uh, the Umi. Is that what it was called? Yeah, that was which, kind of which, a joke. Which, 
again, struck me as kind of a wrongheaded thing because how much am I going to spend to do, you know, what every Mac and what, you know, every PC and what, in fact, a lot of netbooks can actually do? I know it's not quite as high quality, but to have to sit in my living room to to go video with somebody as opposed to I can do this at the Starbucks, I can do this in the living room, I can do this in the bedroom, I can do this wherever. Um, that struck me as kind of a like cool. a neat, neat idea in Silicon Valley. non professional level digital cameras not doing very well who wants to carry an extra camera around you got your iphone with you <laughs> can i tell you what's terrible packing for MacWorld. um i i have a backpack that i use when i travel and in, and stuffed in one of the pockets was my uh my my point and shoe from last year <laughs> no from from a trip that i made in july though yeah. <laughs> and still had the battery. It was still charged, which was neat. That was kind of good to see, actually. I was really amazed that, it, that I didn't have to plug it in. Um, debated taking it out. Decided, oh, I'll go ahead and you know put it in anyway because I'm going to walk around the city and take pictures. Yeah, I did that with my iPhone 4. Yeah. Yep. I, didn't, I didn't even get the camera out the whole time I was there. Yeah, it's a dead medium. It's, it's one of these technologies that were just amazing. They were selling billions of these things, and then nobody's buying them anymore. All right, so let me ask you a question then. Does that eventually get to the Mac? Does that eventually get to the computer? Because the kind of thing that you're talking about, and I know this freaks people out, but yeah. the kind of thing that you're talking about, I mean, there are always going to be Macs, say, friends of mine who are hardcore Mac users. Yep. I would argue there are always going to be cameras, and I think both of those statements are actually true. But for the general public, cameras are, are, are falling away. I well, mean, people are using their phones now. For the general public, are people going to buy computers or are they going to buy iPads? And don't do the whole, there's no difference between the two. Oh, the form factor changed to tablet. You're, you're absolutely right. But the form factor had changed to tablet for computers a long time ago. They're just very large tablets with an attached keyboard or, in the IMAX case, a big stand. Um, we're always going to have the need for a bigger screen than a portable device is going to allow us. I think eventually, I don't know if it's going to take 10 years, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Eventually, your iPad will be your entire computer. You will just wirelessly dock it with the big monitor to do the stuff that you need a lot of space in. So I think the Mac is going to become closer and closer to the iPad, and the iPad itself is going to become closer and closer to the Mac in functionality, where eventually one of the two will go away. It's probably going to be the Mac. They'll probably keep the iPad, and that will be your computer, and it will be just as functional as anything else. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I, I don't have access to the directories and all that. Those going to be new workflows that's going to be invented within the next few years that's going to do away with the need for a finder. You know? So, yes, the Mac will eventually go away. I got to say, dude, I could do this all day, except <laughs> I can't. I can't either because my wife's going to be walking in the house any minute with the kids from elementary school and. They're going to be very excited about their, their long day at school, and they're going to want to tell me all about it. And my dog's going to want to ring the bell for round 15. I, I was too. really hoping he was going to do it one more time. That would have been the perfect segue. But <laughs> Do me a favor. Go back and just record one of the other nine yeah. times he did it. Ken, I want to really appreci- uh, tell you I really appreciate you coming on Tech Fan this week. And uh, thanks for having me on your show as well. Where can the listeners of Tech Fan go to find you? Uh, on Twitter, I am at macOSCan. On Instagram, I am at macOSCan. On the web, macOSCan.com, M-A-C-O-S-K-E-N. Best thing to do, though, is search iTunes. Just search iTunes for macOSCan, and you'll see uh, three shows that I've done and then shows that I've been on, too. So there you go. Awesome. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it.
Thanks, Tim. Hi, everyone. It's Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here to tell you about the show. I wish Gaz was here, but apparently he's too busy, so... Hey, hold on a minute. I'm right here. What are you going on about? Well, I was about to cut a promo, but you always seem busy doing other things. Okay, now you've cheesed me off, so I'm turning you into a chipmunk. <laughs> sure, like you have the power to do that. Well, what did you just do to me? Like I said, I turned you into a chipmunk. Now be quiet while I do the promo. Why do I have a sudden craving for lettuce? The MyMac.com podcast is a fun look at all the goings-on in the Mac world. We involve the listeners in a show to talk about what's important to them and interview people who do amazing things with their Macs and iOS devices. A carrot might be nice. You can contact us via Facebook, Twitter, Skype, as well as email. I have an urge to climb trees really fast. Shh! Find us in iTunes by searching under my Mac. You'll find us and a lot of other great shows all under the Stoplight Network. Hey, I can scratch behind my ears with my foot. If you promise to be good, I'll change you back. I don't know. I'm kind of digging the fur. The MyMac.com podcast. Done by a Brit and apparently now a chipmunk. And with that, that's uh, we're going to wrap up Tech Fan number 65. Uh, really appreciate Ken taking the time to record that interview. Told you it was pretty cool, didn't I? I? I like talking to Ken. I hope you guys liked the interview. Again, next week, hoping to get Owen Rubin on to, uh, to talk about Innovative Leisure. If not, it'll be me and, well, probably somebody else. If not, I'll just do the show by myself. I don't want to skip a week. Uh, that will come out Friday. And by the time you guys, most of you guys listen to this, it's either going to be the day before or on Valentine's Day. So make sure you give your sweetie a kiss. She'd appreciate it. Or he would appreciate it. I don't want to assume that it's just guys listening to the show. Well, but it probably is. Women have good taste and there's no way they would listen to this. Could not imagine. I couldn't get my own wife to listen to this. I could prove that by calling her in here, but she would be mad about that. Not only does she not want to hear the show, she doesn't want to be on the show. So <laughs> appreciate any feedback you guys want to send. And again, at the beginning of the show, I was asking you guys about uh, Parallels Desktop 7 for Mac. Uh, is it worth it? Is it much better than the VMware solution? Let me know. Tim at MyMac.com is the email address. At MyMac on Twitter. Um, we have a phone number, but let's be honest, you're not going to call anyway, so what's, what's the point? Uh, but probably the best way is email. Tim at MyMac.com. You can also record yourself as a voice memo on your iPhone and then send that as an email to me. So record yourself and forward it as an email to Tim at MyMac.com. I'll play it right here on the show. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. And uh, thank you very much for listening to TechFan this week. Bye-bye. <laughs>